Day by Day is a podcast designed to provide a space, a moment, an opportunity to pause and turn our attention and affection towards Creator God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Our hope is that as we give time to wait and listen, we can allow God to speak into our lives through his word and by the power of his spirit. Our prayer is that as we journey together, God might transform us to look more and more like Jesus each day. Join us as we worship and pray together. Hello and welcome to the Day by Day podcast. I am here with Ellie. Hello, Ellie. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Ellie? Good. Good to be here. It's good to be back. And also, who do we have in the studio with us today, Ellie? We have the lovely Mim in the Johnson Basement studio. Yeah, so we are down in the basement, all three of us together. Uh, And Mim, would you um, just introduce yourself? Uh, Well, I'm married to you, Will, and I live with Ellie. So we all live together. I'm a literature enthusiast and I teach secondary school students. So at the moment, that's online from my kitchen table. In this series of Day by Day, we're looking at Jonah. um, And the reason we're looking at the book of Jonah is because um, at St Thomas's, we are studying Jonah. We've got a four week sermon series going through the book of Jonah. So we thought, why not join in with that? Um, So hopefully we're going to be leading us through um, some sort of discussion and reflections on the book of Jonah. Um, So we hope you enjoy that. I don't know about you guys, but I find Jonah an absolutely fascinating book. Um, And in my sort of research so far, um, what's kind of unique about Jonah is that it's a book about a prophet, but not about the words of a prophet. And Mm. so most books of the Bible that I like the prophetic books are kind of prophets um, going to different cities or maybe even speaking to Israel itself and declaring the words of the Lord. Mm. Whereas Jonah's kind of much more about Jonah himself. Um, It's only four chapters long. Did you know that? It's very short. Very, very short. And actually, I think you can read it in about five to ten minutes, can't you? Mm. It's really, really short. Um, And so we're going to read the whole book, not in this episode, but we're going to do four episodes and read each chapter as we go through. Um, So why not, why don't we hear the first chapter? Ellie, will you read it for us? Absolutely. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, 
I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Mim, you are an English teacher, so can you tell us very briefly um, what makes a great English lesson? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, what makes a great English lesson? Ingredient number one, actually having children in a classroom in front of you, definitely. <laughs> um, which obviously we can't be doing at the moment. Number two, you've got to have a really good text in front of you. And number three, it's all about discussion, being able to talk about your ideas um, break them apart with each other, build them up with each other and yeah, communicating what you think to other people in the room. Cool. And I think the plan is, is we're going to have a bit of an English we're lesson. We're going to have an awesome English lesson apparently. <laughs> about Jonah together. Cool. Um, so what I always found at school was that whenever I was questioned about why the author was writing something or kind of asked for like what meaning are they trying to get across or what effect... I remember it was just, I probably answered like a reflection of my teenage self, which was either that they couldn't think of anything else <laughs> and they just want to finish it or like, it's just what they, they felt like writing that day. Yeah. That's my day to day job. That's what I face every day from the teenagers I teach. <laughs> <laughs> so explain to my teenage self then about why it's so important to understand what the author is trying to communicate. Well, I mean, part of it is that you when you're writing something, you're writing with an intention and a purpose. Um, and particularly for texts like the Bible, there's actually a moral message that the writer is intending to um, teach in their story that they've chosen to write about. So um, we need to discuss, well, what do we think the writer's intention was? What did they intend to mean so that we can understand what it is they're actually trying to teach us and what the main message is of the story that we're reading? So if I've got this right, we need to understand what the author is trying to communicate to us. Like he has actual intentions for us as readers. He wants us to pick out certain things. He's deliberately writing in a way so that we are meant to like not miss the point. Yes. I mean, there are other forms of literary criticism which would argue directly against that. However, that is what I believe. Yes. So a bit more about Jonah then. So the book um, is designed to be a comedy, uh, a satire. It's kind of meant to be a critique um, in a funny way um, of what's going on in the in the story. Um, yeah. But also, I guess, like, the the closest thing we might have is, like, something like Have I Got News For You or Mock The Week. <laughs> like, is, like, it's that kind of vibe, isn't it? It's about serious issues, yeah. but it's done in a kind of comic yeah. way. And so that's how we're meant to read Jonah. Um, and everything in it is, like, exaggerated so it's like the great city of Nineveh God sends a great storm he sends a huge Whoa. fish <laughs> sorry everyone that was my uh BBC news ad just uh adding some drama there 
Um, yeah, so everything's exaggerated. Um, stereotypes are kind of flipped upside down, turned back to front. Um, and I guess as the readers, we're meant to kind of be laughing along at this story. We, we're not meant to take the story of Jonah too seriously on first reading, are we? Yeah, we're meant to kind love... of enjoy the story and laugh along with it. I love that context of the, the biblical author intending it to be humorous. Because I think that often as modern readers, we can read an Old Testament text and think that um, it's all about law and it's all very, very serious all the time. And so actually that knowing that, that it was intended to be written as a satire uh, is really helpful for us to be able to read it in perhaps a little bit more of a like lighthearted and humorous way. I think that's definitely something we miss a lot, isn't it? Because we're mm. not we're not alive at the same time this was written. And so we're not actually familiar with the things that make this funny. Yeah. We're not used to stories that, I guess I, the, the author wants us to, everything's wrong, isn't it, in the story, everything's upside down. And so we would, the author would expect that we would be expecting something different from this story than what we get. Yeah, and I guess there's probably a lot of like cultural things that we miss out on from not being from that culture that in our own culture we would pick up straight away and we wouldn't even yeah. sort of, you know, it wouldn't be a conscious thing that we'd think about, whereas we might miss that because we're from a different culture. Cool. So um, we're meant to be laughing along at this book, but kind of what the author's also doing is distracting us with all the ridiculousness of um, the story and all that's going on. Um, and we're, bit, we're kind of lulled into a false sense of security. Um, so we're kind of laughing along. But at the in the final chapter, God poses some questions to Jonah. And uh, some of the questions he asks are deliberately left unresolved um and why might the author be doing that mim can you explain that why would he leave certain things unresolved for us um i think it could just be down to wanting to challenge us because our relationship with god isn't just about reading stories about other people it's about our own personal relationship with him and so if we're just given all of the answers written down on a piece of paper then we're not necessarily going to be engaging with it. We're not going to be wrestling with it. We're not going to be convicted um, to change and to transform, to look more like Jesus. So leaving questions open actually makes us as the reader think about it more carefully. It makes us um, consider the story more carefully and how, how we can change to be less like Jonah and more like Jesus. So it's almost like we are invited into the story to almost take the place of Jonah and reflect on the questions That's a that God lovely is. Lovely way of putting it, yeah. The questions that God is asking Jonah, He's actually asking us. Yeah. So, I guess the book is a bit like a mirror, then, isn't it? Yeah. And so we're kind of kind of forced with these questions to reflect on how do we fit into the story how are we meant to change okay so in the story chapter one um we have in the opening sentence, Jonah revealed to us as God's prophet. Um, and I guess the question is, what kind of, at this point in the story, we've literally just read the first sentence, 
what kind of characteristics should we kind of have of Jonah at this point? I guess if you've read any other prophets in the Bible, you're going to assume that this is someone who really like seeks to know God and wants to know exactly what he wants to be obedient to God, I guess. Um, certainly a willingness to listen to what God has to say. I also think of like miraculous things happening when the prophets are involved. So, um, think about Samuel and how he just hears the voice of God speaking. Um, and he knows that it's, you know, God actually audibly speaking to him. And also like Elijah with the prophets of Baal and the, um, fire that like rains down and, uh, running at super speed at one point as well. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. like amazing things happening to the prophets that are really miraculous and supernatural. So we've kind of got an idea of in our heads of what this story about Jonah should be like. Yeah. Um, what then do we discover as we read on in chapter one? Maybe he's a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> he's not really doing any of those things, is he? No. So what what has he done? He runs in the complete opposite direction, doesn't he? We learn that he go, tries to go to Tarshish, which is literally east when Nineveh is west. Yeah. Or the other way around, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> I can't remember which way around it is. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, there's also detail um, about Jonah's name as well. So Jonah means dove, and it's kind of like a picture of innocence. Wow. No, that's cool as well, though, because the prophets are obviously speaking the voice of god and then the dove represents like the holy spirit who uh, yeah. speaks to us today i think that's really cool that's really cool and then it also tells us he's the sam uh, the sam the son of amatai uh, which means faithfulness and again just that isn't what jonah is yeah in we learn story. that jonah is not faithful um so he's kind of the complete contrast of what his name means Again, I think that's amazing when we were talking about satire earlier and what the biblical author was intending. Like, this is all the context we were talking about that we might not pick up on as modern readers, but a contemporary reader, the original readers, would have known all of this straight away. So we're kind of introduced to Jonah. We've seen that he's um, run away. He's got on a ship. Um, Now, Mim, can you help us out? So he's meet some pagan sailors what would the jewish audience expect to think of pagan sailors at this time what would their kind of stereotype be i guess um that these pagan sailors would be uh ungodly that they would be evil um and you know outside of outside of the people of god so they would be faithless rather than faithful um jealous and evil and selfish yeah, so we've kind of got Jonah who should be godly um, and then we've got this idea of the sailors are meant to be immoral but then what actually happens in the story and how the sailors reveal to us. Yeah, well we witness the sailors um, turn to God, don't we? And when Jonah's mm-hmm. hiding and sleeping, uh, trying to ignore and run away from God that these sailors know that the storm is has come from a God and so they, they pray to their gods and it doesn't work and so they try to pray to Jonah's God Um and they are way more faithful than Jonah has been this whole time. Okay, uh, the next part of the story I want us to look at is when the sailors question Jonah. So they've just discovered that he is responsible for this storm that's going on. Uh, and they start bombarding him with questions. So who are you? Uh, what do you do? Who are your people? Um, and Jonah's response is this. And as I read this, I want us to think about the journey that Jonah's been on 
and the journey we've been on as the reader finding out about Jonah. So this is his response. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. I think it feels ironic because his actions up to this point in the story haven't really demonstrated a fear of the Lord. Um, I think that he probably fears man more than he fears the Lord. Perhaps he has a fear of Nineveh or certainly he's got this kind of uh, selfish attitude which he puts above what God wants him to do. So I think there's irony there. I'm not really sure that I believe him. I also think it's quite funny that he specifically says, I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land and he's tried to escape God on a boat yeah. and they're now in a storm. Yeah, the the God of heaven who where all the storms and lightning come from, the skies, um, who also has power over the sea and the dry land. Um, that's the God I worship. And I'm running away and from I'm him. And I'm running away <laughs> from him. And he t- like he told them already, he's already given the game away because it's, it's really funny because it's like, I don't know about if it's in your Bible, but in my Bible it's in brackets as well. And it says they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. So they were. And it's kind, of, yeah, it's kind of like this laughing point because it's like Jonah's kind of become unstuck, and he's kind of, yeah, his hypocrisy almost like is standing out, and like the sailors can even see that in that moment, can't they? Again, ironic and and subverting what we'd expect because as the prophet and the one who can hear from God, it should be Jonah who has that um insight but it's the pagan sailors they're the ones who notice the hypocrisy they're the ones who notice what's wrong with this situation and Jonah is just completely unaware of his own hypocrisy as well as being unaware of the the danger that he's put the sailors in and even the idea of Jonah being lulled to sleep like maybe he does actually fear the Lord and serve the Lord but he's been lulled into this like spiritual and emotional sleep where he just kind of has kind of forgotten how powerful God is and he thinks he's like deceived himself and thinks he can escape God on a boat without really thinking about the fact that God made the seas and so yeah it's like almost like it's become too comfortable yeah. with God yeah um, and I guess like again let's come back to this idea of like what is the author trying to present to us and like he's trying to make us think something as the reader and I guess at this point we're just thinking like Jonah you are a muppet <laughs> um you're like this massive hypocrite like oh my goodness I like I can't believe anyone would behave like this like I certainly wouldn't behave like that and then I guess once you've said something like that <laughs> yeah. like you've a... then like fallen into the trap like oh. a plank and the sawdust situation where you're looking at the sawdust in Jonah's eye and you potentially have an entire plank in your own and so I guess this is the idea of the book being a mirror again, isn't it? It's for us to step in and see ourselves in the character of Jonah um, and to make us reflect and respond like, well, do I want to keep being like that or do do I want to change? And I guess, um, Ellie, you're going to lead us in a reflection now, aren't you? And that's something we love doing on Day by Day is just taking a moment to really just present ourselves before God, just to be honest. So Ellie, do you want to take us through that? Absolutely. I'd love to just lead us in a time of reflection based on these things that we've chatted about. Um, and I'm just going to ask some questions to, for you to sit and think through before we then lead into a time of worship. Jesus, I pray you'd be with us as we think through these questions and as we move into this time of worship, I pray that you would be moving in our hearts and revealing things to us. 
Do I ever serve the god of the sea and dry lands while also trying to escape him on a boat? Do I say that I follow Jesus, but then my life not match up? How often do we fall asleep or become numb to the magnificence and greatness of God? We say things when questioned like Jonah that, yeah, I'm a Christian, I serve Yahweh. But do we really believe that? Do we need a reminder of the glory of God?
sing to the Father, the Mighty One. Shout to Jesus, the Holy One. Come now, Spirit, the breath of God. You're still mighty when I'm in the body. You're still holy when the lights go out. You're still worthy when I feel I'm drowning. Still worthy when I feel I'm drowning, my Redeemer, you're still God. Thank you for the book of Jonah. Thank you for all that you are teaching us through this book. Thank you that you are faithful to us even in our disobedience. We say sorry for when our actions have not matched our words. Jesus, please mould us and shape us to look more like you. We love you, God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week. As we have already said, the St Thomas's family is exploring the book of Jonah over the next four weeks. And if you haven't heard Lee's sermon already on Jonah chapter one, please check it out. Um, you can watch that on the live stream uh, on YouTube. The recording of the live streams up on YouTube. It is excellent. Uh, you can also find it as a podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts uh, and just search St Thomas's talk to find it on those platforms. Our next episode on Jonah chapter 2 will be with you next Friday, so please come back and join us for that. Let's pray to end. God, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit as we go into our days? Help us to love you and to love others around us. Amen.